When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Buck Off Podcast with Lane Grant. Hosted by Christopher Rennie and joined by Jordan Williams. Welcome to everybody to the Christopher Rennie bringing another episode of the Buck Off Podcast on the Land Grant Podcast Network. I'm joined, as always, by Jordan Williams. How are you doing today, Jordan? Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful day. I'm off tomorrow, which means I get a four-day weekend because I'm off on Monday for one of these holidays. No disrespect for the people that f- celebrate the holiday, but I'm not exactly sure what it is. Uh, Memorial Day. So uh, I can't complain, honestly. So how are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing good. Um, I'm always one of those people who never knows when the three-day weekends are coming along. So when I get one and one lands on my lap and I'm just like, man, I get three days off this week. That's incredible. Um, so that's where I'm at. I'm feeling pretty good. Thursday's here. Uh, it's been a bit of a grind of a week, um, but we're talking football. Um, I could get over the LeBron loss slowly. Um, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I don't have much to say. I've just been, you know. I got I got tasked with reviewing the new golf game that isn't PGA 2K by my friends, so I reviewed that. I think it's better. Um, and outside of that, I've got not a lot of new developments. You think it's better than PGA? Yeah, PGA what? sports game is better. So that gives me some hope. Like I know we talked about video games last week. Um, EA Sports brought back their golf game. Um, I don't know how long it's been out. I just got it, but. It wasn't as bad as some of their other games. I think it played a lot smoother than I thought. It wasn't like built on the same exact engine as like FIFA or Madden. It felt like a very independent game. So when it comes to the game that's important, which you guys are assuming I'm going to get to, college football, I'm actually a little bit more confident that they're going to be able to make a good game. Uh, we'll see. They, they, they have um, – <laughs> They have a lot to live up to, a lot to live up to. And, and the thing is, like, I know games change and things like that. But honestly, I'm trying not to think about it too much because there's so much room for failure. Because, like, OK, if they do dynasty mode like they say that they're going to do, right? What if we don't get to play the full season in high school? Do you remember how many games it was? It was more than two. We, you, yeah, you, play you play a, a full season. Like, you play, like, like a 10 was, game regular season yeah like what if we don't get to do that and like earn your start like like you start out as like a no name and then like they do all the you know they do all of the um 
offers and you start out with like well I always started out with like Akron and Kent State because I'm from Ohio and my my player was always from Ohio you start out with them and then you get like a Missouri offer or something like that and then and then you get the one that you're waiting for you get the Buckeye offer and I always committed immediately because I was when I like when I wasn't playing as a player I like when I was doing Dynasty I would always pick like a random but like when I'm doing Dynasty like I'm going to Ohio State I'm breaking all the records. Yeah, there's no way I'm doing Road to Glory, and I see that. It's just like what it would have been like in real life. I got the offer. I was going. No no questions asked. I don't even see the campus. Like, this is the offer that I was waiting for. What are we talking about here? And actually, that makes me – that just reminded me. They said Dynasty is going to be the focal point, which is cool. But what is Road to – like, I played Road to Glory more than I played Dynasty. I played them both an insane amount. Like, I put in – I logged some crazy hours. But, like, Road to Glory was my thing. Yeah, I'm with you. I was more a Road to Glory guy. You know, I'd build a receiver. I remember trying to play defense in Road to Glory. That was even fun. Um, I, I mean, I played DN. I couldn't. I wouldn't play anything else. But I was a crazy. I, I remember. Dude. I had a safety, and I would just go for picks. So my guy would have like 31 picks. Oh, wow, and then, that's crazy. <laughs> but we'd be in shootouts. It would be so stupid because I was literally just spamming the game. And just being like, all right, all right, we're going to cheat over here. They're running two deep routes. I just need to pick the right one. And every once in a while I did, um, <laughs> and it felt good. But my guy was not good. He wasn't. We were not a good defense because, oh, my God. That's I couldn't tackle. I couldn't run fit. Um, I was basically just out there trying to play receiver with my guy. <laughs> So I'm I'm playing um I'm playing Madden like I so you know with anything you go through cycles so I hadn't played Madden in a while I'm playing it now uh like I started playing it more recently and I was like you know what my entire life like literally since I first got Madden I only played with the defensive line let me try to play with someone else so now I'm like teaching myself how to play with linebacker and it's so hard it's, it's so, so hard. hard, especially because like there are certain things that you want to do where you feel like you need to sprint for it. But if you sprint, you over like run fits are so hard. If you touch the trigger, you run past your run fits all the time. But then if you don't touch the trigger, you get blocked. And so it's like, what the hell do you want me to do, bro? Like I'm trying, I'm trying to be a line. I'm trying not to end. I like. Because I'm playing with the Chicago Bears right now. I had a stupid amount of money in free agency. So I have Nick Bosa and Yannick Ngakwe as my defensive ends. So it's like I'm trying not to spam Nick Bosa. Like I want to learn how to play linebacker, but Nick Bosa is right there. And if you keep messing up, Nick Bosa's about to have a hundred sacks. Like I'm just gonna spam it. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's the fun part. I've always been – it's offense first and then just picking those, like, the two or three coverages that you know will work and just hoping you could get a sack. Yeah. So I uh, I always have, like, superstars on my defense because defense is hard. And then, I'll like, I'll take, like, um, a 73 receiver and in two seasons he'll be a superstar X-Factor. So, like, I have – it's funny because I have the Bears – and then my first year, I drafted Justin Fields. And then I went to trade some old player because I do that all the time because I'm not good with salary cap management. So I just trade the old guys and build someone else up. Um, I got Garrett Wilson in a trade. 
and Garrett Wilson was like a normal, like he wasn't like, because this is not the recent one. So this is before obviously like his rookie year and like all that kind of stuff. So like he was like a normal, he was like a 70 something like that. And within one season, he had superstar. And then now in the second season with him, he has the X factor. And like, Jeez. Yeah. I don't even know what the X Factor is. That's how long it's been since I played Madden. Yeah, it's like so. There's like super. There's like the superstar trait where it's just like they develop really, really fast. And then the X Factor is for like the best, best players. And so it's like, um, what's the best? Uh, okay, so you remember um, NFL Street? Yeah, you remember when you would get in the zone? Yeah, it's essentially Madden's version of that. Oh, that makes so sense. Like, so like, I, and they have, that. they have, yeah, that was a, that was a perfect game. They have game. a bunch of them for a bunch of different things. So like, for example, like Justin Fields, I think the one that I have is he has perfect accuracy on certain throws, as and then he loses it if he gets a sack, and then like, um, yeah, like I have a couple on defense, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's just it's just their version of what you would call it. So, but yeah, I have um, I I always get a bunch of like I spend all my money on defense because I'm just like when offensive players get too expensive, I just uh, like all right, here's a rookie. I'm just gonna spam him and break the NFL's like receiving yard record with him. And like uh, last year, I had Paris Campbell, and pa- I would have like fifteen. So I played with the Colts. I have like fifteen hundred yards every season with Paris Campbell. Just like line them up in the slot and just do dangerous things, <laughs> like yeah, corner strike over and over again. <laughs> yeah, like uh, and Paris was super fast, but he was also big. He's like six one, so I would do the slot fade, which does not work with short wide receivers. But with Paris, it worked because if if there was someone there, I could like out jump him. So he was fast and tall. So like I would do slot fade all the time. Yeah, it's crazy, like unfair. That is, I mean, I miss Madden, but I also, I like, I don't have the time to pick up another game. Yeah. I I, I get one game at a time, honestly. So I have, I have games that I keep in rotation and then I have a couple of games I get every year. And so like, I actually have a golf game. So I buy baseball every two years because I don't play it enough to buy it every year. So this is actually the year I need to buy baseball. I just haven't bought it yet because I you know, was paying for a wedding and didn't have the money. And then I buy golf like every three years, maybe. So I'm probably going to buy the EA golf game because you said it was good. I have UFC, which comes out every like five years. So like, that's not really anything crazy. And yeah. then the rest of them are just games that like come out that I think are sound good at the time. So like I have Assassin's Creed Valhalla and I have like a hundred hours in that game and I haven't, I haven't finished it. That game is so long. So like that game's been like cute. I have uh, Watch Dogs two or three, the newest Watch Dogs. I haven't even touched it because I've been playing Assassin's Creed for so long, and I'm like, I need to beat Assassin's Creed, but this game literally takes like two hundred hours to beat. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like the Assassin's Creed games. I mean, they're they're not my favorite. I I haven't played one of those since 
Uh, they went the the one with the pirate ships, Black Flag. That was the last one I played. So I don't think I liked that one. There was like there was like a, there was like the first two or three amazing, and then there was like a couple in the middle that were like mid, and then they dropped Valhalla and they went back to some of the older things that they were doing that made the game fun. And Valhalla yeah. is, I think, maybe my favorite of all time. Like it's. Aside from yeah. like some nostalgia things, like playing on the PS3 and stuff like that, about Valhalla might be like the most complete one that they've made. It's just it gets a little annoying that like literally, I'm gonna see if I can find out exactly how many hours I've played in that game. It is a disgusting amount, and I'm not I'm nowhere close to be that's hilarious yeah i hate those games that's how elden ring is i'm never i'm never playing elden ring again probably but it's still on my it's still on my playstation it's still there because i'm like maybe one day i'll I'll, I'll complete the elden ring but it's probably not on the cards i have 103 hours in this game damn the only game I have like significantly, it's my third most game played game, but I haven't had it as long as the other one. My most played game is MLB The Show, but it's MLB The Show 21, so I've had it for two years, almost three years. So like that's my most played game, but like yeah, 103 hours, and I'm maybe if I'm lucky, three quarters of the way done with it. Maybe. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, let's think. All right, let's get some business going. Um, if you guys have any favorite games you'd recommend to me and Jordan, make sure you shoot them to us. Always open. I know, I know someone in our audience has a good game that we're probably not playing. Yeah, so let us know. Uh, well, so what kind of so before we move off of this, because we do need to move off of it. Uh, what kind of game do you like the Assassin's Creed kind of like like those types of games? Because if you do, I haven't bought it yet, but I've heard nothing but good things about Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, and yeah, I've also, I played that. OK, it, I'm, I'm, it's like Elden Ring. I'm not very good at it. I've, I've never even heard of Elden Ring. And then I also heard Deathloop was really, really good. Deathloop was created. Oh, yeah. So um, I, I, I don't always read game reviews, but I read a couple. And I read the Deathloop game review, and they literally said it's the best game to come out since Red Dead 3 or 2. And it's all, and it's created by the same people. They said it's a very complete game, a very complete storyline. Like the one that I read was like, I've given like three games five stars, like four five stars, and it was uh, Red Dead Two, uh, Death Loop, and like one other game that is like these are the only games that we've given like five stars to. It wasn't like four point yeah. seven or whatever. So, yeah, I mean about this time every year I replay the Fallout series, so that's probably coming up for me. Um, but yeah, outside of that, let us know, guys. We've got some business to get to. Um, Kevin Warren, the man, the myth, the man, the myth. That's what we'll call him because he's a man and sometimes he's a myth because he doesn't communicate. But overall, um, this was a pretty big story. I'm going to pull up the Pete Thamel article just so I don't miss any of the major points. Um, he detailed the errors uh, that Kevin Warren made. Uh, led to a hectic month for commissioner, um, the new commissioner, Tony Petiti. I always almost want to call him Gary. I don't know why. <laughs> but Tony Petiti um, prioritized the official completion of the massive television deal worth $7 billion. 
in this deal, they're going to have to pay back nearly $40 million to Fox because, according to sources, Warren delivered NBC the Big Ten football title game in 2026 without full authority to do so. I'm sure there could have been a deal brokered between NBC and Fox to forward that process up, but instead of taking those extra steps, Warren decided against it. They're going to have to pay $25 million total for a deal to pay Fox back for the lost 2020 football game inventory. Uh, this came after an arrangement between Fox and the conference that was unable to muster the lost revenue from the COVID-19 season. I feel like that's not fully Kevin Warren's fault. Um, no good solutions there. They didn't make the money back, so here you go, $25 million because those games were canceled, which was a choice made by the powers that be. Um, next on the list... There's tens of millions of dollars of value of the NBC primetime deal in flux because historically the Big Ten, after the first weekend in November, schools were not required to play night games for a myriad of reasons, health, recovery, campus logistics among them. One of the things I was reading about winter months in Wisconsin, winter months in Michigan, winter months in Ohio, the game day operations that's a big example of why, how many people come in for those games, how many people leave those games. Um, you know, it's hard if it's snowy. I mean, it's, 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 it's a little bit of an excuse, but in those rare scenarios, I can see why it would be problematic. But overall, to begin this conversation, I think we could paint this as Kevin Warren wanted to have this last feather in his cap before he officially interviewed for the Chicago Bears job. He got that feather in his cap, unfinished, didn't cross the T's, dot the I's, but had everything basically done in principle, and then got the Bears job and then said, pay me my roses, and then deuced out. And now Tony Petiti's like got a few things to fix. Before you get started, Jordan, on your thoughts, I think these issues that were unresolved, I don't think that's the only reason Tony Petiti got a job, but I'm sure as hell that these presidents are happy they have a TV professional working out these deals. Yeah, uh, I was definitely one of the people that's like, why get a TV executive when you don't have a TV deal to work out? And they do. So, um, yeah, that's um, very interesting. I think that some of it literally doesn't matter. I think others of it are like, okay, this is a big, this is like a really big problem. Like, um, giving the, like, okay, so for example, the $40 million, I could care less about that. I really don't care, especially because you're splitting it among 14 teams. 15, if you include the Big Ten office, should have to pitch in. That's like very minimal amount, like very minimal amount. Um so I, I I really just don't care about that. The title game and like giving away games that you don't own, that is a big problem. Like that that's a cause a major issue. And I think people are taught like I think like that is not like being taken serious enough. And I think it's gonna work out because of just how long the relationship has been with the Big Ten and um the and Fox. Fox and things like that, that I think that, you know, they're going to make some, you know, they're going to make some um, sacrifices and like they'll work it out. But like not knowing that they have a literally stupid ass handshake agreement not to play uh, games at night. 
I could care less about that. But yeah, like, if you're the leading decision maker for a business and the last commissioner is like, yeah, no, you guys are good. You don't have to play night games in November. Um, your job as the commissioner, as the person who's operating the business of the conference is to maximize the income, to maximize the profits. And that's what night games in November would do. Yeah, but like not knowing that Fox owned the title game and you couldn't just promise it to someone without Fox's permission, that is a problem. That is something that I'm like, okay, well now like what what's going what's going on here? Um, so I think that I, I think as with everything, there's some things that matter and there's some things that don't. But I definitely think that that is one of the things that matters, though. I think it, I think it's very important that they just gave things out that they had no business giving that they had no business um, doing and then he was just like okay well I'm out yeah no 100% um, I think the biggest red flag to me there's tens of millions of dollars of value of the NBC primetime deal in flux and how much of that is that type of championship game? A decent that, amount. No, of that that it's, one's tied to the night games. The championship that's game, that's already settled. Okay. That's not in flux. They're going to figure that out. Like, they've, they're, they're already announcing night games. They're going to get over it. The coaches have no say in it, and it's going to be good for everybody. So, I, I could, like, they're going to figure that yeah, out. And for a later conversation, you could just move it off-site into a dump. Oh, uh, please don't kidding. say that. <laughs> That's a horrible <laughs> idea. Um, uh, I just think it's interesting that I feel like Michigan's stupid athletic director is always involved in this stuff. And why are we talking to this guy when he's got so much other stuff to worry about? Maybe it's because Gene Smith doesn't want to talk about it. Maybe it's because other athletic directors don't need the constant attention. But he said NBC was surprised and I was surprised. Uh, we had not discussed and I had not discussed with anyone in the league to change the tolerances we had agreed upon years ago. But like you said, it was a handshake agreement. They like, literally call it tolerances. That's not even the right use of the word. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, that's not that's not what tolerance means. It's like, you know how many games they have starting at 3.30 in November? Almost all of them that aren't like the game um they're basically or the big noon kickoff they're all basically starting at 3 30 because it's too cold in the morning it's too cold at night so guess what you play them all at 3 30 um you're finishing at nighttime yeah i just i think it's so dumb i think it's so lazy like and all of the excuses of why they can't do it is just not true you have so much money and you have so many things you literally can do oh it's going to be hard to staff the stadium no it's not it's going to be hard to find parking it's already hard to find parking people aren't going to show up they literally will they literally and, and it is well known that most nfl fan bases are not as passionate as college football fans and every cold weather NFL team the stadium is packed and cold weather games and they yeah. have people damn near naked with like freaking their shirts off it like they're and you're talking about drunk college kids they're gonna be there like they're gonna be there uh Sunday night football is played all the way until February the week before the Super Bowl or two weeks before the Super Bowl in the morning the next morning and people are there it's just one of those things. I, I think, you know, you talk about it. Um, 
I, I think there is there was a misunderstanding with the level that Fox had in this relationship. Um, more than seventy million in total is suddenly in flux. That means five million per school. Um, I'm thinking about that number. Um, you're still uh, the most valuable TV contract, even losing that seventy million dollars because yeah. when you have a one billion dollar contract through 2029 70 million dollars in the grand scheme of things that talking about that with with college athletics who make money in so many other ways like and the 12 team playoff and like it's it's really like what, what is the phrase like skin off your teeth or whatever yeah like it's like yeah it sucks and these people are going to complain and it's may so we have nothing else to talk about but are we are we serious here? Like it, it's a big deal, but it's not not world shattering. Like this deal is not going to fall apart. Like NBC yeah. already invested too much money into this. Like CBS, they're going to want their piece of the Big Ten pie. If the SEC is going all the way to ESPN, like there's too much value in this for them that they're not just going to throw it away over some like night games. Like yeah, NBC wanted to have the Saturday primetime. I'm sure they're st- they're going to work that out. Those games might not end up being Ohio State, might not be Penn State, might not be Michigan, but they're going to be Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. Like, yeah, they're probably going to be Nebraska, Iowa, Michigan State, like the second tier teams filling it in until Ohio State and then realize, like, oh, well, why are we just letting them do it? That's how it always goes. So, what's going to happen is, in my opinion, because obviously I don't know everything, it's four weeks, right? So at least for the first year or two, starting next year, two of those four weeks are probably going to be UFC and UCLA because that's easy yeah. because of the time zone change. So then you have Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, and whoever else you want to consider at Wisconsin you want to consider at that level. They literally just have to do one every couple of years. Like if, if, yeah, you, and if you and play, UCLA are always one of them. And then if you want the big matchup, you just schedule one of them to go there later in the season. And they literally can't complain about that because you complain about the cold. So you can't complain about being sent to freaking California in the middle yeah, of the winter. That should be what you what? want. Just because it's a night game on the East Coast starting at 830. Guess what time it's starting? That's 530 on the West yeah. Coast. So you're good. So that's probably going to be two of them. And then the other four crybabies will just have to do it like once every couple of years. And that'll work yeah, out. I, I think that makes sense. We already know Ohio State, Michigan, week the final week of the season, that's noon. That's going to be noon for the foreseeable future. It's always going to be noon. As long as Fox has the first option for it, it's always going to be noon. All the other games, there's some potential there. Um, so I don't know. I think this is – one of those things, um, maybe the commissioners are smarter than we think. I doubt it. They're trying to get a little bit more money out of it. That would be stupid to risk a billion dollars over that. Um, yeah, I, also, I the TV, like both sides are really just kind of like, oh, we didn't know about it. It's like, so you just thought that NBC was going to have a primetime game for eight weeks of the year and then not do it for the final four? Like, common sense was lost in this. Yeah. Well, I think the coaches probably didn't know about it, but again, you don't need to. That's not your job. You don't yeah, need it's to not be consulted. Like every lower rung player, like every low rung person in their job, you get told what's happening. I don't get to go to my job and be like, oh wow, you didn't consult me that we were doing this. 
I'm not I'm not in the room to be consulted. I find out when they've decided what we are or not doing. And if I don't like it, I don't like it. But I can't complain and be like, oh, man, they didn't consult me. That's not what you're there for. And half of you are not good at your jobs anyway. You don't need anything else on your plate. And yeah, I think I... I don't think I need to defend Kevin Warren because there are multiple things, in my opinion, that he did mess up in this deal. But the night games is not one of them. I think he I think he knew about the handshake agreement. And he said, y'all are stupid as hell and losing money. We're not doing that no more. 100%. He, in his defense, and I will defend him here, he just made the conference $70 more million, or 50, yeah, it was $70 million more million by offering these night games. Guess what? You pay back Fox, it was 40. You still make $30 million by having the night games. And that's just, like, yeah, like, that is Look one at of the profit things. loss. Like, he's a businessman. He did business. Yeah, I think that's definitely, like, there are definitely some things where it's like, come on, bro, how didn't you know this? Like, I think there's some things that, like, it's, like you're an idiot. And, like, I think he, I think he's, uh, He's a car salesman, and so I think he sold some things he didn't have the right to sell, and that's an issue. And like, it, it makes me a little bit worried for the Bears, especially because he's handling the Bears' new stadium. And like, I don't want him selling things with that new stadium that he don't have the right to sell. But the the uh, you know the night games, I really do feel like he was like y'all are dumb as hell for not wanting to play night games. I'm not letting this happen. Like, I don't care about Jim Delaney and your tolerances and your handshake agreements from hundreds of years ago that you are too soft to play at night because, oh, it's a little cold. Soft. This is a uh, soft the it's the a logistics soft are always tough. The logistics are always tough. Yeah. Um, and, but, yeah, I think I think Warren, the more I think about it, the more I think he was just looking at the business numbers of it. Like, oh, yeah, if I offer this NBC thing, they're going to pay us $70 million. Oh, we're going to have to pay Fox 40 Great. That sucks. Still made 30 Yeah. And that's um, really the business way to look at things. For sure. I will say one thing while I'm sitting here complaining, not complaining, like talking shit about the Big Ten and calling them soft. The SEC is super soft. I just read an article that today that said that there's a very real chance that the SEC keeps eight conference games because they can't agree to nine because people there are so many people complaining and then there are other people who don't care that they can be swayed either way that they either won't vote on it or there's a chance that they stay at eight which and for those who haven't been paying attention with a 16 team league to stay at eight that means you have one permanent opponent they're going to lose all of their rivalries and then they have to rotate seven games to get to be able to play everyone and they're really they're legitimately considering staying at eight because there are so many people in the conference that are so soft that they can't agree to play nine because so many of them wouldn't make bowl games because they suck think about that man like if you're doing that you're basically saying we're gonna have two eight team conferences and they're gonna play a championship game yeah and like it's just it's it's just like as much as we like some of this like prestige and stuff about the SEC is literally because they let their bad programs play worse teams and sneak into bowl eligibility and all of those programs are crying and throwing up at the thought that they're not going to make a bowl every year because they can't schedule four cupcakes and then hope to scratch two more wins in the SEC. 
Yeah, and that is no, that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. The, the two right. biggest conferences in football are soft and crying and complaining about making the sport better. Color me shocked. Yeah, absolutely. And before we get into the next topic, uh, just an academic update on Stetson Bennett. Still no degree after seven years of college. <laughs> that That is so the SEC. High bar down there. High bar. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of a lot of things uh, going on there for sure. They're doing uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Next on the list, um, we've got the. I don't. I, I I'd call this the worst thing. I would. I'd say this is one of the worst ideas. One of the worst executions of an idea. One of the worst things I think college football's had in some time. Um, the. Michigan State Penn State game is going to be at Ford Field next year. Um, Friday, November 24th, 2023, 7 30 p.m. Um, so, you, idea. you are not from Michigan, but your dad lives there, right? Yeah. Have you been to Ford Field? I have not. I've it's driven by it. Awful. I've it's seen it. Awful. It is a metal shell with seats in it like it is so small inside I, I i did not like so i haven't been to that many nfl stadiums but i've been to fort field i've been to wherever i've been to caesar dome or whatever they call the saint stadium now and then i've been to the browns which doesn't really count compared to the other two because it's outside the saints dome is so much better and i think it's newer probably but it's not super new fort field's awful it, like i went there for the mac championship game and it was just so clinical. And I understand you're going to say, like, people are going to say, oh, well, it's the MAC versus the Big Ten, whatever. No, it's awful. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel fun. It feels small. Like, it's 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 awful. Like, that's just such a, such a terrible idea. Yeah, and I'll, I'll go on record here. I, I, I've said this probably multiple times on the show. The Big Ten Championship, Lucas Oil Stadium, one of the best stadiums I've ever been to. Uh, Ford Field is not that. Um, just for everything, like you said, everything I've heard from other people, like, like you said, yeah, his office is out of Michigan. Like all those people have been there. It's not not a great place um, for fans. Um, it, this is a question for you: How far away do you think East Lansing, where Michigan State is? is from Ford Field. How far do you think it is, time-wise? Okay, so I've been to Detroit a couple of times, and I barely even see East Lansing signs, and so I know it's not on the Toledo side. I feel like it's on the totally opposite side of the state because Detroit is essentially in Canada. I'm going to say two and a half hours? I don't know how big Michigan is, so I'm going to say two and a half hours. Uh, it is an hour and a half. Oh, okay. Michigan's smaller. Michigan's smaller across than Ohio is. Yeah, but think about that, honestly. An hour and a half away from campus, that's that's not a necessarily reasonable distance. No, the only reason, the only people this is good for is for the big business people who don't live in East Lansing anymore, and they have to fly in, and they are already going to fly into Detroit. Yeah, I mean, is is November twenty fifth? Is it's that's Thanksgiving weekend? I'm assuming. Yeah, it's the second Black Friday game. NBC is getting one or two. There's going to be two Black Friday games on now. 
NBC's getting one of them, and I think Fox already had the other. Because I think uh, which what what rivalry is it that plays on Black Friday? Is it Iowa Nebraska? Yeah, one yeah, of them always plays on Black Friday, and then NBC's getting a late night game on Black Friday, and that is the one that is this year's. Yeah. I was honestly thinking about it. I was just reading the comments on the tweet. Um, they're saying this is better. I mean, this is probably great for Penn State fans. Like, go to Detroit Airport, stay in Detroit, quick game. You know, you don't even have – you can literally fly in morning of. Yeah. Get to the game, fly out that night or the next morning, regardless of how you want to do it. Um, I just think this is the – thing that was pointed out to me was this was taken this was a season ticket game this was a huge value to those student ticket packages and i'm just thinking about that like if i was an ohio state fan and they're playing penn state and they're like oh yeah we're gonna actually do this in the brown stadium and you're gonna have to pay separately for it um i'd be pretty pissed off and that I think Michigan State fans have every right to be mad about that, especially the students, especially the season ticket holders. Like, yeah, you're going to get first choice to buy it separately. But I feel like that's a disingenuous way to treat the people that actually fuel your program. Yeah. And it's just like nobody likes this. Like conference championship games, fine. I get why you have to do that. You know, certain bowl games, fine. I get why you have to do that. But as a whole, college football fans hate this. And so this is like, for me, it's just a very out of touch way to like look at the sport. Like who is this good for? Like, Like literally who is this good for? It has, it has to be TV execs. Like, like I, I can't imagine that they, like, look at, like, fans and are like, fans want this. This is why we do it. I honestly don't know why they do neutral site games at all. The Florida State, like, unless it's just, like, like really, like, random stuff. Like, the Florida State LSU first game of the season, that being neutral site, that, like, that's cool. And, like, they're not super close to each other, if I understand. So, like, doing neutral site kind of, like, works for everybody a little bit but like a, a conference game neutral site like come on like do better yeah and i was just reading this um their what their director of athletics alan holler said this in a press release um i believe our season ticket holders still have a strong collection of home games highlighted by michigan and premier non-conference game against washington with a total of six games just as we had in 2021 um i i just really i don't like it i just don't like the way this was done i think if you're going to do this if you're going to have that level of change this needs to be a year out sort of plan not like in eight months before because like if you like and this is more for the small college towns this is more for the college stations this is more for the east lansing this is more for the lincoln nebraska's like Great college towns, absolutely. But when you're paying for lodging, when you're a fan and you're planning to go to a college football game, you know the day well in advance, so you can pay for lodging. You can pay for flights well out, so you're not having that financial burden a week before. Now all that changes, and Penn State's a game people fly out for. There's a rivalry to that game now, and I I just think this is that level of disingenuousness in the leadership of college football right now that I just think forgets what college football is really about. I think that's problematic and something that, you know, we keep seeing. 
Um, Tony Petiti's all into it. Um, and don't you I, gate I, doing this too? Like, don't you lose money because you you don't get the gate? It has to go to the Ford Field and the Detroit Lions. They probably split the gate, but that takes away a whole gate. It gives the other opponent an opportunity to make up for it. Because I, I mean, I like, doubt they split like, concessions, right? There's no way they split concessions. Yeah, because Ford Field still has to pay all the people that's working. Yeah, one hundred percent. And thinking about it, it's like Detroit is a big city. Like it's going to have a ton of transplants. It's not going to be just Michigan State fans living there. It's like a lifeline to Penn State fans to go and make a home game in Detroit. Like that's kind of stupid. Yeah, I do. Like again, there are certain things I understand. Like I get bowl games. I get like out of out of season things, right? Like I, not sorry, like out of conference things, especially like first week of the season, things like that. Like those totally get right. I would much like. I think it's it's much cooler for Florida State to play LSU in a neutral site game than it is for them to play Georgia Southern at home first week of the season. That's cool. But conference games, middle of the season, like this kind of stuff, who is this for? Who does it serve? And honestly, like, because I actually do somewhat care about, like, the business of things and stuff, I would genuinely like to know the reason for this. Like, what are they looking at that makes them think that, like, this is, like, a cool thing? Yeah, I agree. I don't. I mean, if you ask any fans, they'd be like, "No, don't take this game. We want it on campus." If you ask, probably the coaches at Michigan State, they're probably like, "You gave them the truth, sir." I'm not like what they're gonna have to say. Like, "Oh yeah, we're excited for this opportunity." Like, no, they wouldn't want this. Um, yeah, and I don't know, man. I, I just think. Um, it's giving priority to donors for buying the tickets. I mean, it just feels yucky, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And I think about it. Like, don't get me wrong. There are some historical games, right? Like Florida versus Georgia, the cocktail party at a neutral site. That's historic, though. That's always been like. But even that, that shouldn't be at a neutral site anymore. Like, if we're being honest, like, it's like, I yeah. get it. But, like, come on. Like, come on. Like, Texas, Oklahoma in uh, the Cotton Bowl. Like, that's cool. That, like, adds to the ambiance of the game. Like, they've done that for so long that I feel like those fans would hate it if they changed it. Like, yeah, I, I mean, we, I think we can solve for that one specifically, aren't those schools within like an hour or two of each other? Yeah, so, so it's really close. Their fans can like that's a it's a home game for both essentially. Like there's yeah. no benefit to that because they're so close. Like, yeah, I think that's what makes it great. And like, um, I mean, we I even saw like Kirby Smart and Billy Napier and the athletic directors of Georgia and Florida talking about when the contract's up with Jacksonville, like maybe rethinking about doing home and homes instead. And I mean, there's a lot of opportunities, but like anytime you throw a neutral site, it's like those neutral site kickoff games. Like when has Alabama played a non-conference road game to open up their season? Like they haven't because they have the neutral site. Like, don't get me wrong. It's a tough game, but was it LSU and Florida State last year? Like, I feel like both schools probably would have benefited from it. When Ohio State played TCU at the neutral site, TCU could have had Ohio State on their campus. But instead, they decided to host a Jerry World. Yeah. (laughs) Also, (laughs) 
I feel like if you're going to do neutral site, you should really do neutral site. Like, stop calling Georgia being in, uh, what's yeah. that, uh, uh, Superdome? Did they take yeah. the Superdome name? That's, is that what they did? Is that what it's called now? Uh, at Atlanta? I, Mercedes-Benz. Yeah. Uh, stop, stop calling uh, a Georgia game at Mercedes-Benz a neutral site game. I want to see LSU and Florida State play and the Rose Bowl. Like, that's what I want to see. That's a neutral site game. Like, I want to see, like, Ohio State play Texas and, like uh, – uh, it's not Boise State. What is the what is the one stadium that's out somewhere near Utah or one of the Dakotas that's just like so beautiful with all the mountains and stuff? BYU Stadium. Yeah, I want to see them play there. Like BYU, go somewhere else. Let us let us borrow your field. Like that. That's a neutral site game. Like that. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, like, the term neutral site is pretty stupid at the integrate. Like Ford Field's not a neutral site. Like, it probably will look like it, but it's technically not. Yeah, it's just like another site. That's it's just it's just like not a home game. Like that's literally what it is. It's just like this is not a, a technical home game. Yeah, you still have to get buses. You still have to get all the travel. You're probably you're still gonna have to get a hotel. It's dumb. It's one of the dumbest things I've seen in a long time. And if Ohio State ever has any of these dumb ideas, I'll be the first to call them out. Where would Ohio State do it? I guess Cleveland? Ew. Yeah, like they did it that one time with Toledo, but like that was cool. Like they helped out Toledo. And it's Toledo. That doesn't matter. Like that's not a big game. That's not like it's Toledo. Toledo Stadium. I've been in the glass or whatever you call it. That's not something I think would ever happen again, but at the time, that was a really cool story. Still a really cool story. It just won't happen again. Like, do that with local teams. Like, like LSU playing Louisiana and Monroe at Caesars Superdome or whatever it's called. What is is that the actual, actually, the name of that stadium, the same stadium? Uh, they changed the sponsor of it. Um, New Orleans, that's a Superdome. Georgia's is just the Mercedes Benz. Didn't Georgia used to be the Superdome though? No, I'm making things up. I could have swore there was one stadium that everyone knew as something, and then they gave the sponsor to someone else. Oh no, it is Atlanta. It is Atlanta, and it is New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans so, used to be the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, and then it became yeah. Mercedes now it's Caesars when they built. So I was right, Caesars. Yeah, like LSU playing Louis, uh, uh, Louisiana Monroe, the Raging Cajuns at the Superdome. That's cool. Give me that. Like that. That's a neutral side game, but I'm down to see split the gate evenly. Cool. I don't want to see none of this other fake stuff. Like, come on now. Yeah, so I agree. I, I think it's fun. I think it'd be more fun for smaller teams. Um, it makes sense for conference championships. But outside of that, really, you don't need neutral sites. This is stupid. I think this is one of the worst things that's happened. We're already feeling the effects of this new TV deal. And I, NBC's broadcast better be good. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, all I have to say is NBC listens to our show because one of the first things I said is that they should hire Joshua Perry, and they did. And I've come to find out that there are some people who don't like Joshua Perry or mainly think he's boring, which, hey, fine. I I really don't care. Like, most of them aren't that great, but 
I liked him. He's all right. But I, I think I also have low standard for people because I I know football. So, like, I don't need them to teach me anything or whatever. But, like, yeah, they went out and did what I wanted them to do. They hired him. I think that was a really smart move. I think he has uh, – I think he's going to bring a good face to it and uh, as much Ohio State people out there as possible. So, yeah, hey, I agree with that. They listened um, to the show. They heard me say Joshua Perry, and what did they do? They hired him. I mean, Josh Perry is oatmeal. Like uh, was it Michael Citro said, he's our oatmeal. Um, <laughs> and honestly, like you said, for those pregame shows, game day was different because it was fun. Like big and new kickoff. Kind of like, yeah, and now it's got it's kind of I, I don't know that term jump the shark. Everything's jumped the shark now. Like it's just where we're at. The whole world's jumped the shark. Yeah. Is like, and I want to clarify, I don't think this is the worst thing in the world, but ESPN is so desperate that they have Pat, that they have Pat McAfee on all of their important shows. And like, he's not terrible, but like ESPN would not have hired him 10 years ago. No. Like now they're like, please, someone be cool with the kids. You cuss on your show? Sign me up. I remember Stephen A. Smith getting suspended and having to do like literal like freaking uh what's it called? Like PSAs. Training. Yeah, yeah. No, not just workplace training, had to do PSAs when he came back. Like in the mic, zoomed in on his face, you can see every like minor detail. I said damn on TV. And I should not have Disney is a family company. Literally, kids watch this show. And now you have Pat McAfee, like, cussing and Aaron Rodgers, stupid ass on there, talking about, I'm going to a darkness retreat because the Jets suck still. I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) It's being desperate. It's funny. That's so funny. They are desperate. I mean, every media company is desperate because... Or the world where the talent can make their own money now. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're we're in a weird place. I don't think game day is going to get any better because Pat McAfee. Um, I still don't think. I think Desmond Howard's passed his time on there. I think David Pollock doesn't really add much to the show. Like you go through it, like Herb Street's working Thursday night football now. So what he adds to game day is just not that much so i mean big noon kickoff you just basically got matt liner and brady quinn just being like yeah i was good at football once and reggie bush is fun but like he's one of those guys who was so successful at everything he's super boring <laughs> he's like yeah um i don't know how to talk about football because i just woke up and played football <laughs> like you, know, yeah. you tell us you're telling me you can't run a four three and make people <laughs> break their ankles <laughs> like yeah. and, and everyone yeah. can't do that <laughs> like, like you really like don't get me wrong urban's good at explaining the game like he should be he won multiple three championships but it's it's hard to take him serious yeah like Bob Stoops was the driest paint I've ever seen on television. <laughs> like, I just don't know. Like NBC, like you've got an opportunity here, man. You really do. Um, hire me and Jordan. It'll help. Yeah, I'm not sure how much. Throw us, we already but, said it. Throw us on Peacock, man. Like, we yeah, can't be just, worse. We can't be worse than these people, man. I'm just yeah, they should just have me, you, and Dante do the Peacock road trip, and we just drive around and just do a, a show. Any show, you know, and they just put it on Peacock. Just extra yeah. content. We'll handle everything. You just need to give us one person for production, one person with a camera, and one person for sound. And then that's going to be your cheapest show. 
I'm just going to yeah. tell you. Contractually, match our salaries currently, and we'll do it. I, I need a little bit more. I'm not making enough money right now. But, like, I don't need significant more. You don't need to make me rich. Just, like, you know, a little bit more. <laughs> it, you know what? You might not even have to match my salary. You can give me some perks. Hey, I'm a man who can be swayed. Yeah, no, like, now if we could treat, now if we could treat treat the job, like refs treat their job, where it's only a weekend job, all right, like, yeah, you don't even have to match my salary. Just give me, like, 20 grand and some perks. Like, you know, what is it? What is it, like, 13 weeks? Yeah. Honestly, I mean, you see a thousand dollars a week. A thousand dollars a week, pay for my clothes, my food, my hotel, and like a little bit of per diem. That's an extra thirteen grand in my budget. Yeah. Yeah, plus the per diem. Like cause I'm on. not using it. And that's in savings. Yeah. Like come on. A thousand dollars a week? Yeah. Like that's the cheapest that you can get this. Like, come on now. Peacock. The production cost with our contracts and the people would probably be less than a single game. Yeah. That's all I got to say. That's what I'm telling you, NBC. Free, honestly, it's basically free content in the world of NBC Universal. Yeah, and honestly, like, I work with a bunch of students and people who want to, like, get into sound and do all this other kind of stuff. If you give them some training, we could find our own sound people, honestly. Like, yeah, we, you like, pay their way. Just, just give them we the call it an internship. Yeah, see, come on now. Just give them the equipment. Like, uh, they need it for their resume anyway. We'll, we'll call it the internship program. Like, uh, I'm. I think we're doing something here, and they're just not going to listen to us. So. Yeah, we got to put this in a strongly worded email to the <laughs> ESPN or the NBC talent acquisition team. Did you see? Uh, sorry, did you see that Peacock was like? Um, unfortunately, we will not be dropping the first part of our name. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Different website. <laughs> oh, God. With that, with that will go to break. <laughs> All right, welcome back in, everybody. Uh, me and Jordy calmed down a little bit. Um, we were laughing a little bit too hard there. Yeah. Um, a little off cast, but yeah, NBC, if you're listening, Big Ten, if you're listening, you. Big Ten, we're not sold on just one network. We've got CBS now. We've got Big Ten Network. We've got NBC, who we were just talking about. And you know what? I'm not going to write them off. ESPN needs a little bit of a hand on some Big Ten content. I won't say no. Listen. Uh, who else? Who else? Who are the, like, uh, is there going to be some stuff on Paramount Plus or something? Honestly, the Pac-12 needs to hire us because they're going to have a crappy deal. So, like, whoever y'all get on, just, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Ohio State. I'm sorry. Right I number. you want to go back to Cali, see some family, you know? Right Ooh. number? I'll start talking about the Pac-12. I'll do uh, it. I'm not going to like it, but I'll do it. Like, 
Someone's got to. Because <laughs> clearly nobody wants to pay you. Like, no, like literally no one wants to pay you. Like, we will take the job. You know, I, I know people like, you know, the armchair quarterbacking, right? Like, I will say this, though. Most people in the United States could do the job that the current Pac-12 commissioner, George Kliakov, is doing to the same level of success and effectiveness. Yeah, because he's not doing anything. So, Like, you listening to this could be a better Pac-12 commissioner than George Kliakov, and they're just giving it to him because he worked in betting. Like, how's that related to college when everyone gets suspended for the entire season? Yeah. I'm already a better commissioner than Larry Scott. And I've never been named commissioner, so it can't be that much harder to do a better job than uh, and George Kliakov is actually probably doing a worse job. I mean, that's that is something to talk about. There's a very like good Larry Scott doing a worse job. Added Utah, a Rose Bowl, good two-time Rose Bowl participant, and Colorado Dion. Like at least he added some value to the conference. Well, speaking of Colorado, and I know you can't really believe these reports because the Big Twelve is literally the Big Twelve has almost named every school in the pack a 10 and said that they're going to leave. But did you see the report that like Colorado might actually be going back to the Big 12? And of all the reports I heard, that's the one that makes the most sense. Because they have historically. Well, yeah, historically historically, they have Dion and also like because of Dion, they're trying to make more money. They want to make like a bigger move. They could win the Big 12. I was going to say the Big 12 is going to be easier than the Pac-12. Like they're not going to dominate it, but they're going to they're going to have a much better chance of winning it than they do now, like once every four or five years. Uh, Yeah. I don't know if they're going to get a second. And then basically the report was like, if they jump, there's a chance someone else will like Arizona. A lot of people are just kind of waiting for someone to make the first move. But like, I genuinely could see Colorado being in the big game. Well, yeah, and I woke up today. Oh, we're, we're going to talk realignment buzz here in a minute. Oh, we can just jump to that. We do recruiting last, honestly. We'll just get into that. Um, I woke up this morning um, and saw that report that the Northwestern athletic director wasn't a fan of the USC's slay move. First lesson, no. don't listen to your worst athletic program in the conference. Don't ever <laughs> yeah. do that. That's the no. first lesson there. Literally no um, one cares about your opinion. <laughs> Find yeah, it's your like coach. you – like the most useless job in the United States – is the Northwestern athletic director. And it's the easiest job ever because all of your donors are rich, so you don't have to try hard for fundraising. And yeah, you just clearly have one don't guy have to who's fire your coach. Yeah, you clearly don't have to win. Like, is Northwestern good at any sport? They like, had a good basketball team last year. That's about it. Like, but like that was the how, first time ever. <laughs> like that. It feels like smart schools like that tend to be better at women's sports. They're not um, good at that. They're not. They're not good at those. Um, I, well, I just Maryland really, is really good at basketball. They're pretty good at women's basketball. Like Maryland's problem, especially women's <laughs> basketball, is they can't keep players home. Like they had Angel Reese and then she left. But like Maryland was like the number two seed or something like that. Like most of these ones where you're like they're not good at football, you can name something else that they're pretty decent at. In particular, yeah. And and, and then there's Northwestern, and I can't name a single thing that they do well. 
I would like Northwestern to, like, okay. And if, if you comment like academics, well, then well, you we lost. Well, do academics well. Like, that's great like, for like, them, That's why you like, suck at everything else. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like, it's that complicated thing. They want to be an Ivy League school so bad. Just do it. Like, drop just down do a couple it. divisions and, you know, just be an Ivy. No one, no, like, literally, no one's going to be mad at you. <laughs> you, know what's even, you know what's funny? And with Illinois University as a member, like, if Northwestern left the Big Ten tomorrow, I do not think the TV value would okay. take a hit. No. No, absolutely not. <laughs> like, okay, so well, everyone's just getting more money. <laughs> the, yeah, only, like, oh. the only way it would take a hit is just in the number, like the uh, what's it called, the the number of games. Like they would have less games in the catalog, so they may go down a little bit just because they have less product. Is what I was looking for. But it's not yeah. the value of the product. It's just because there's less raw product. <laughs> Um, so that's funny. Um, so yeah, starting with that, never listen to your worst team, but he added this. He's opening, he's open to adding more West coast teams to ease the travel concerns because that was really the only reason he didn't like the USC UCLA move. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to sidebar this for a second. The Northwestern AD, uh, is the athletic director for a school that paid for their entire student body to bus to Indiana, Indianapolis, to watch the Big Ten championship game they played against Ohio State. The entire student body, if they wanted to go, had their game ticket paid for and their bus trip paid for. I don't think I knew that, but not also surprising because they have so much money. So much money. And that's the school that's worried about travel concerns. Fun rates, bro. You're building a whole new state. First of all, they're the and I, I'm not saying that this is dumb because like who's going to Northwestern games? They're building a whole new stadium, shrinking the size. By the way, their stadium is going to be small, but they're building it all donor funds, no tax money, no money from the school. They're not using any of the the little tiny fees where it's like three dollars per student, but you have thirty thousand students, so it's actually ends up being like a lot of money. They're not doing none of that. Like no, like no student fees, nothing. It is a hundred percent being funded by their donors every single dollar. An eight hundred million dollar stadium, I think, was the number. By I don't I don't want to hear any money issues from you. Okay, stop. And nobody, you're not even good. They they they're giving you a whole new stadium, and you haven't won five games in the last three years combined. Yeah, it, it's come on. Like, are we serious here? People, people. Um, but yeah, the only reason I bring this up, you know, outside of making fun of Northwestern, is Twitter obviously ran with this. Oregon and Washington, they're back in the expansion rumors. Um, is it realistic? Is it something I see happening? No, not in the near future. Um, maybe prior to the next negotiations. Um, but no, um, if this Pac-12 deal does get messed up, real bad, maybe, though. I just yeah, think yeah. it's funny. I just think it's funny that this is the this is where we're at in the offseason before you get started. 
Yeah, I was going to say, uh, me and Dante talked about it, and I told him, like, I think it's going to, I think some of this is going to happen, but I think it's going to happen the next round. Like, I think it's not, I think it's going to happen when they, um, when the TV contract is up again, because they, I think they're going to want to see what it looks like first. I don't think they're going to immediately just be like, yeah, let's go back and just add more before we even see what our current like situation looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. I'm trying to think here. Um, I mean, I'd like Oregon and Washington. Um, that would take the league to 18 teams. You basically have two nine team conferences. You'd have a pretty nice dividing line past the state of Michigan, have an East and West, uh, like Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska, then the four West Coast teams, and then the rest would be the East, I'd believe, right? I'm not missing anybody, really. Illinois, Northwestern, you could kind of pick and choose which one you want them on. But put Illinois back in the East so they can play Ohio State every year because Illibuck is the most important trophy in sports. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's incredible. Um, okay, so this then, this is gonna sound like a really bad fan, and I understand this before I say it. Ohio State and Michigan do not have a physical trophy, do they? No, I didn't think so. I know it's. I know we have. And honestly, up until I saw the ugly ass thing that they did two years ago, I thought both Ohio State and Michigan got gold pants. Like I thought they agreed to that, and obviously, like they had to pay for it. But I thought that was on both sides. I didn't realize the gold pants was just an Ohio State thing. And then Michigan tried to be cool and come up with something, and everything that they've come up with is super ugly. <laughs> but yeah. The Illibuck is the greatest trophy in college sports, so. Yeah, it's a great carved wood trophy. Um, yeah, you know, I think it is funny that Ohio State came up with this beautiful tradition for a golden charm, uh, the pants, uh, because of the line. They put their pants on the same way you do from, like, 1923 when they beat them the first time. Um, that's not an exact year. Don't come at my fan card. I'm not pulling that up. But, like, it just shows you 19 years you couldn't come up with something better. <laughs> Michigan, like, come on. Got a one necklace. One was an ugly-ass dog tag. Yeah. And like, the other yeah. one was like a helmet that opened up, but it was huge and it looked fake. Yeah, it, I'm just thinking about it. It's like, I don't know. They just suck at stuff. Everything. Including not hiring racist people. <laughs> yeah, Shemmy. Honestly, I, I don't want to like judge a book by its cover, right? But Shemmy, like you're going to hire a dude named Shemmy. I'm judging a book by its cover, but you don't have to get stuck on that one. Yeah, I think that one's been enough. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing. don't really need to talk about it. Um, everyone else already did for us, so oh, we're, we're good. We're good. Um, what else we've got? Um, additionally, on realignment, oh, we can talk about the ACC, the second worst conference. You know, I thought there was a battle for some time between the ACC and the Pac-12. Um and before we get into the rights discussion with like the incentive-based pay, I, I think the ACC commissioner 
still did a better job than the Pac-12 commissioner, Larry Scott, because there is no certainty with the Pac-12 in any semblance what what teams are going to be there tomorrow, what teams are going to be part of this next TV rights deal, what the next TV rights deal is going to be. At least the ACC has 15 years. They know exactly what they're going to get. Like bare minimum, that's better than whatever's going on in the Pac-12. So, well, the thing about the ACC too, it's not the commissioner's fault. The, the the presidents asked for it. The commissioner did what yeah. they asked for. It wasn't Which is the commissioner's idea. job. So, like, it's really the president's fault that this is happening. You can't even blame the commissioner. They said, hey, there's a lot of things going on, and we want to make sure that we're locked in. Get us a long-term deal. And he said, okay. Yeah, exactly he did. So, I mean, just generally, before we get into the incentive-based pay, um, I, it's like – you can't put you can't put um a number on it. You can't. You can't. Like the ACC is a better conference just because of stability. Yeah, I think this is stupid though because when's the last time Florida State been good? And I know the entire football world is expecting them to be good this year, but when's the last time they've been good? When's the last time they've actually been like a flag bearer for the ACC? And then next question. What is the guarantee? If let's say they are good this year, let's say they're so good they win and they make the playoffs this year. What is the guarantee that they're going to be good next year or the year after that? Like, what's the guarantee that they can sustain it? So there isn't a guarantee. Them asking for this is so stupid. Like, it's not 2012, bro. Like, y'all don't have Jameis Winston getting in trouble for crab legs. Like, that's not what you're doing. Like. I don't know what you're talking about here. Clemson is like Clemson's the only one that deserves to ask for anything. And Clemson needs to worry about themselves being good and making the playoffs here shortly. So like crazy. Yeah, and I love how they're like, yeah, the the SEC would want us bad, like, if we went. It's like, yeah, and you know what? You won't have the easy schedule. Like, we always make fun of the SEC, like, strength in numbers type of thing they do. Like, Kentucky thinks they're Alabama and Georgia because Alabama and Georgia beat mostly everybody. But you're still going to have tougher games than you do in the ACC. Like, Virginia's not rolling out. Like, Virginia Tech's not showing up on that door. Like, you get one of those a year now, two of those. Literally, like the, like even though they're not, they don't have a lot of good coaches. Like, if you end up in the SEC East or like West, even you have to play Georgia, you have to play Alabama, you have to play LSU, Tennessee. Like these are not slouch programs. They're also very focused on trying to win the football games. So it, it's not like you have a Duke. It's not like and like Duke did great last year, but like historically, they're not a great program. Like so, I, I think it would be stupid if if you're in charge of the league, like, and you're running the league. Why would you risk a good thing for a few extra dollars? I couldn't even tell you. And I think I think everyone thinks that they're better than they are. And oh my gosh, I can't wait. I cannot wait to talk about Oklahoma and Texas. And the, if you, I can't wait. They're going to be so bad in the SEC. And I think the ACC is going to see this and be like, oof. Mm-mm. I think we should yeah, stay. We <laughs> I think I think we should stay. Like Clemson, let's say, so like first two years of Trevor Lawrence, they would have done very well in the SEC. 
but Clemson right now would be Ole Miss. Bad. Mm. Mississippi State. They can't score. Like I feel like the SEC has some underrated offensive minds now. Like you got to put up points. Well, supposedly Garrett Riley's going to do that, and I don't you know. Think- I don't know enough to say he's not. All I know is there's a lot of conversation that he wasn't the one running the offense, that it was uh, Gary Patterson, the coach. And Clemson has no one on their roster. Like, their no, offensive yeah. roster is but it's trash. Yeah. I mean, Sonny Dice is is an offensive coach. Like That's what it is. I said – I said uh, – that's the old one. It's Sonny Dice. But, like – it really is a gamble. Um, like, and also, that's like to not to dive too far into other programs, but Clemson, we don't know how good K Club. Like, and this is kind of what I'm going off of. A lot of Clemson fans are like, yeah, K Club is going to be good. We got Garrett Riley. Like, you got your shit stomped in by the Joe Milton Tennessee Volunteers. <laughs> they don't play defense. What was the final score of that game again? I keep forgetting, but I knew, like, I was watching that game in shock. <laughs> It's pretty and rough. 31 to 14. Like, they scored 14 points. Like, two field goals. Like, that's not good. And Tennessee is not a defensive powerhouse. Oh. Far from it. Florida State, how many games did he win last year? Nine? Something like that. Like, come on, guys. Like, that's my least favorite part about the offseason. Like, we're – every team has – yes, every team does have a chance to win a national championship. There's six teams who could win the championship next year. That might be too many. Yeah, I was thinking that when I said it. I'm like, you know what? Maybe there aren't. Maybe there are not six teams. So I don't think Alabama's on the list right now. Uh, I mean – I'll put I, they're not likely, but I'll put them there just because it's saving. Even though I think this is going to be one of their worst teams in a while, so it's Ohio yeah. State, Georgia, Alabama, Michigan. You have to give it to them. See, did you wait? Did you say? See, they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think I. I don't think I give them a good chance to win a national. Championship. It's fine. I'll give them to them. That's four. And four. But if we're giving it to Michigan. We have to give it to USC. Yeah, I was going to count them in it. USC so could do it. Plus five. I'm They've got the best it. quarterback in the country, so like they could do it. Yeah, I'm not going to give it to LSU, even though everyone's really high on them. Like LSU I'm, might be the closest one on the fringe, though. But now Brian Kelly has expectations, and he doesn't do all of those. Yeah. Um, Oregon's not like they're a fringe one. They're not there though. They need to because they've got a six-year quarterback that's pretty good. They've got yeah. a good defense. I mean, Oregon well, would count really, if we were just talking about making the playoffs. But you said winning the national championship. Oregon's not winning the national championship. Yeah. So I'd say like there's five teams, and I believe in three of them. Um. Because I don't think like I mean, honestly, there's a Penn very- State's got a better chance than Florida State than a lot of these other like teams are getting hyped up outside of it. If they, they get over the Ohio State, Michigan, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they so that's why Ohio State, Michigan, they get. I mean, they deserve it. They definitely deserve the shot at least for sure. Um, 
but yeah, no, that's definitely something we should get into. We should do uh, next week. We could do a tier list. Uh, the people who could win a national. I used to do that every year. The teams in the country who could win a national championship, and then we could do the second tier. Who can make the playoff, and then we could do the overrated tier. That'd be fun. That'll be a good one. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm to the point of the off season where I'm already tired of the off season. Like. Just because your team did something like I the the one that's really wore me down the most is Colorado. Like they're not going to be a good football team next year. No, I'd say they're over under set at three and a half wins. I'm taking the over on it, but I think it's four or five wins. Yeah, is, I, I don't have. They also have is, a tough schedule too. That's the thing that people are ignoring. Like their schedule is not easy. This is no offense to Dion either. Like I'm sure. Like, give him some time, he might figure it out. But there are people who are – and I'm not saying he's not a real football coach, but this isn't going to be the FCS level. This isn't going to be Jackson State where he could create a massive talent advantage. Like, he's at a talent disadvantage, and he's going up against guys who are legit yeah, coaches. I, like, I didn't think he's a, a decent coach, and I think he's, like, a decent, like, you know, uh, uh, general manager, they, per se. They've got I, your guy calling the plays. Yeah, he is. Uh, um, Sean Lewis, like, I think he put together a really good staff, and I think he's always going to have a really good staff because, one, he has the connections, and, two, he can clearly see talent. The guy he picked yeah. to follow him up at Jackson State, they hired him at Jackson State. Like he he's talented. His stat like he and he's always gonna be able to get NFL guys, which is not always the best thing, but when it comes to recruiting and certain things, like he's always gonna be able to get NFL guys to come back. So I think they're all there's always gonna be a chance for him because of things like that. But like I think the thing I think Dion is destined to be successful. The only thing that it is is like what how do you define successful cuz I don't think it's necessarily winning a national championship. And then the other thing is does his antics wear off before he gets to the success? Because the things that he's yeah. doing while I don't totally think all of them are wrong, if it takes him 3 years to get a winning record after year 2, are they like okay, I'm tired of the media. I'm tired of the documentaries. I'm, I'm tired of all the other things you're doing. You didn't instantly win. We're going to move on. Yeah, 100%. And it's also not even taking into consideration, like, he's already had, like, three or four interviews with female reporters that have not gone well. I do not know about that, but I cannot say that I'm surprised. Um, so anyway, I think one was at Jackson State and then the other three have been since he's gotten to Boulder. So cult of personality, that's what we'll give it will give Dion. Um I mean I he's he's a he is I don't know. I, I don't I don't know the right term for it, but I mean people are gonna gravitate towards him. And then some people are not going to. Um It's gonna be fun to watch regardless. Like either side you're on, there's going to be something fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's May. What we've it's summer workout started. So that's cool. But we've still got like two months, two and a half months until fall camp starts. 
and that's killing me. Yeah, I'm not gonna be excited until we get the ma- the magazine stuff. I haven't even seen a date for um, what is it called? What's the one that we like? Pick six. Uh, I, haven't pick six. Seen, I haven't even seen a date for pick six yet. Like that's when I start to get excited because that's when we can start to do like the in depth look at rosters and all that kind of stuff. The stuff that's happening now is like the big like it was a news story. Don't get me wrong, and I'm gonna talk about it again on I seventy. But like the biggest news story right now is about TV contracts or the lack of TV contracts. Like come on, come on, we could be we like we need better. <laughs> yeah, you're so right. It's we're we're dead, and we don't like to get into like like the garbage though. Like we won't see like a message board rumor and. <laughs> use that as show content we like to use real news yeah um hey i mean i'm like probably three weeks away from getting into the trash though like i'm being honest with myself (laughs) something needs to happen i mean the big 10 could save us we would have two weeks of content if they would finally reveal that they're gonna do what we already know that they're gonna do and then tell us who the opponents are that's like three weeks of content right there yeah um. All right, we've got some recruiting updates we'll finish the show off with. Um, Bryce West got a crystal ball. I, I I forgot to write down who, but it might have been a re- recruiting prediction machine. Uh, but we talked about him last week. Um, we don't have to re-dive into the whole um, – the whole Ohio recruit type thing we talked about, like closing off the walls, the borders. Um, it was not on 24 seven. So that does mean it was a recruiting prediction machine on, on three. Um, and that's, I mean, 96% to Ohio state. I can't get better than that. Um, you can, but really, no, nah, doesn't matter that much. I think this is big. Keep the Glenville pipeline alive. You've got three recruits there that you really want. Um, when that school has players, they've obviously shown up at Ohio State ready to compete and play at a high level. So, like, you take all that into consideration, I think you need to lock down Bryce West, um, and then you need to close down Aaron Scott. And those are the two biggest recruiting things I think you need to win right now. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, there, I don't know what he's rated, but there's a safety who I just liked his size. What's his name? Is it Reggie Powers? Yes. I don't know if he's good. He's coming. He's but coming I, soon. I'm ready. Well, I'm ready well, to put the recruiting cap on and say he's coming soon. I like the name Reggie Powers. Like I like the name. He should be a Buckeye just for the name alone. And that's how that's deep an I get safety name. Yeah, that's how deep I get into recruiting. I mean, like yeah. Reggie Powers is the name of your starting safety in any football movie. Like uh, all yeah. the, all the classic football movies, if they cared about defense at all and talked about defense, the starting safety would have been Reggie Powers. Like, uh, yeah. please please do not be mad at me like, for this. I, I know the movie. What is the Jamie Foxx football movie? Is that Any Given Sunday? It's not that one? Yeah. It is Any Given mm-hmm. Sunday? It's that one. Yeah. The, the starting safety on Any Given Sunday, his name was Reggie Powers. I, I have no complaints with that. Um, but, yeah, I think it, since we're in the dead period, there really hasn't been that many recruiting stories. But guess what changes next week, five days from now, or, or next week, seven days, obviously, but five days from now, six days from now, the dead period's over. 
it is football time. It is recruiting season. So, yeah, you know what? I'm going to buy a hat. It's going to say recruiting on it, and it's going to be my recruiting hat. And I'm not going to be right a lot. I'm not usually. <laughs> but I'm going to get excited. I'm going to make my extra picks. I do have one really quick thing to say to the fans. And I know you all don't need to hear this because I think most most of the people that listen to this show are the level-headed fans. But listen, please remember that after June 1st or July 1st, one of these ones, official visits are going to be unlimited. You have a lot of kids who have literally never traveled or can't afford to travel or just like being smoothed by the coaches or like that the, that they get to talk to cute girls on campus and they get to go to parties and they get to drink because that does happen. They're going to go on all of these official visits. I want before you tweet at a 17 year old, I want you to think what you would have done at 17 if someone said you get a free all expense trip to Alabama, to Ohio State, to Georgia, to Arizona, to any school in the country, any school in the country you want to go to, you get an all expense trip paid for two to three days on a weekend and you get to go and you get to meet girls, you get to party, you get to get smoothed, you get to have adults tell you that they're the you're the number one player on their board, even if it's lying and all the reasons you need to be here and they're going to do all like you're going to get free clothes, you're going to get to take cool pictures and put on the uniform and you're going to get to text your mom and your girlfriend and your aunts and uncles and say, look at me in this uniform, don't I look good? What would you do at 17? You would I'd take every visit. Them. Every, every single one. So if I was the number one recruit in the country, I would go to every single school. Like, I would go to so many schools, my head coach would have to be like, hey, man, you're starting to mispractice. Like, could you yeah, stop? Like, you, you, have to, you still have to play this ball. Like, yeah, because actually, uh, I'm starting to think I don't. <laughs> I, got an, I got an NIL deal. I'm sitting out like they, do for the, yeah, like, like they always claim that they should do for the NFL draft. I'm some, sitting out my senior year. <laughs> some guy at Eastern Michigan actually bought me a McLaren, so I'm visiting him this weekend. Coach, you guys are on your own Friday night. Yeah, yes, but please – Please, please, please. Just don't tweet at them. Just, just don't tweet stop. at kids. Unless it's like, even when it's positive, it's still weird. They're 17, man. I tweeted about Jeremiah Smith, largely about Ohio State fans, but I put his name in it. And he actually retweeted my tweet. But I didn't add him. I don't follow any recruits. I didn't respond or ask him to follow me when he did retweet the retweet. I didn't say, oh my God, these kids nowadays, they. They Google their name. Everyone Googles their name. I Googled my name when I was 17, and there was nothing to come up on Google. I was nobody. Like, like I wasn't going to come up. So it's like, like there's actually going to be like, oh. kids, kids. Like, and I have the most, like, Maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like, like, come on, please. Just let them have fun. Let them go on the visits. The coaches make a million dollars. If they're worth their salt, they're going to get them. And if they're not, Ryan Day is going to fire them a year too late. But let the kids have fun. I want someone to pay for a vacation for me. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's so, it's so funny, dude. Um, I've never, ever had the inkling to be like, hey, uh, you suck, bro, for not picking my school. And that's because you're a normal person. Shocking, but, like, I know. It's, it's incredible. And then all the people are like, our fan base acts crazy sometimes, but so does everybody else. It's like, great excuse, man. 
And Great then, excuse. Like realistically, we're one of the top ten worst. Like we, like we're, we're one of the top yeah, ten I mean, worst. We, like, and this is not to say like, like, fanaticism in a sense brings out some of the worst human characteristics. Like that's just truth. True. Like that's just facts. We could all sit here and think like, oh yeah, but. What, what other form of entertainment are you getting up and you're yelling at the TV because someone dropped a football? Like, there's nothing like it, right? So it is inherently there is some negativity attached to it. Um, it, it's it's tough. It is a tough world to be in. But um, overall, Ohio State we're spoiled. We have great teams every single year. So when we lose a game or two, it's the end of the world. Um, we recruit so well that when they don't get a five star, it's because that school's paying more or um, the kid's stupid, um, that type of stuff. Um, you go down the third list. It's like Ohio State's had such sustained success that we really don't know how to deal with failure as a program. We've never had to do it. And that's why Ohio State will never have to do it probably. But it's like everyone in the in the Slack channel who's over 35 or 40 says, like, man, we're just lucky Twitter wasn't around for that 2002 season or a lot of trustable. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of Twitter, Michael Jordan's lucky Twitter wasn't around. He already retwi- retired once because of the media. He, w- he, he wouldn't have got the six rings. He would have retired after year three. Anyways... <laughs> I had to get that off my chest. I watched The Last Dance. He complained about the media for half of it. He could not have hand- Michael Jordan could not have handled first take. Like, could no. you imagine? Like, I, my favorite example, could you imagine Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith after they find out that Michael Jordan, the night before a game, went to the casino and got back at like three o'clock in the morning. And then not just that, they're going to talk about that the next morning. But then the morning after that, when he only scored like 15 points or like 11 points or something, because that's the one thing they didn't say in the documentary. They said that they won the game, but they didn't talk about the fact that he had like 11 points and played a terrible game. The next day, Michael Jordan had 11 points in the playoff game, but he went to the casino the next day. That would have been on ESPN for six hours straight. Every show would have talked about it. It would have been on Fox. It would have been on podcasts. Michael Jordan would be crying and throwing up in a bucket if he had to deal with freaking first take and all of those terrible, terrible shows of people who make millions of dollars just to say stupid stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he could not have handled it. I, I could barely handle it. And I'm not being talked about in those shows. <laughs> um, where is – what's our final thing here? We've got uh, Tavian St. Clair, official offer, 2025. Um, both have crystal balls, both 100% to Ohio State. Um, that's it. I mean, take two quarterbacks, right, if you can. If they're okay with it, you take two. Iowa State's got – we'll have two on the roster next year if Kyle plays as well. So, didn't by the time those kids are getting here, you're going to need four on the roster. So, I don't know. I, I mean, 2025, it's a long way away, but quarterbacks, you usually have to be a year ahead. Um, we'll see there. That's all I got.
We'll see. Uh, quarterbacks what, what? are going to be good. Quarterbacks are always going to be fine. That, Do we have anything, anything good for final thoughts? Anything good for final thoughts? Uh, Big Ten coaches, no one cares about your opinions. Do better. That's yeah, my that's final thought. Um, don't tweet negative stuff at recruits. I feel like we have to do this every year. Don't do it. It's stupid. And also, ESPN is better than Fox. I'm going to die on that deal. I don't care if it's unpopular. I think I think that's the popular opinion. I pers- I prefer Fox better. Um, but not. I really just don't like any of them. I think they both. I think they all suck. I do prefer yeah. Big Game Kickoff to uh, Game Day. But I guess ESPN would still have to be better because what other sports show does Fox have besides Undisputed? Like ESPN has uh, to be better because I don't know any of the other ones. I just like yeah, Fox's and- broadcast better, like of the actual yeah. games. I think ESPN's way better at broadcasting. I think the thing is, I think CBS would be the best. I think they have the best sound. I think they have the best like visual. But God damn, if I have to hear Brad Nestler and Gary Danielson talk after I have the intense battle of an Ohio State big noon game again, I'm going to fall asleep. I do it every time. I fall asleep during that CBS game yeah. without any effort. Like, I put it on. I'm asleep. Like, you put, I put on CBS in the air. I could put on, uh, like, a American Athletic Conference game on ESPN Plus after that. Won't fall asleep. I put on CBS nap time immediately. See, okay, I, I hear you. Here's my problem with ESPN. They're, like, their top crew is okay. But there's a huge SEC bias. And then crew, like, two through, like, nine sucks. And then, like, I, the crew that you get on the Mac game, love them. Don't know their name. Like, nobody knows about them. They get the worst games ever. Like, they're literally doing matching. They're, they're doing games. They're the doing it with no real They're there because body. they love it. Like, they're good. But, like, like 9 through, like, 12, horrible. It's, it's just bad. It's so bad. Yeah. But like... And then, well, it's also hard, like, which ones, like, because you've got Tessator, who's good. I, I'm not a big Dan Orlovsky guy. I don't think he's very good. So that's one of their um, main guys. RG3's horrible. Um, I think RG3's great on the desk, like, uh, in the studio, okay. the pregame shows. I, but I also think he's much better on NFL pregame shows. I don't think he's good at I, – I don't really care for him in college football. I think yeah. he, does, I think he I think provides he, a really good per- perspective for NFL shows. And I also well, and like I think, when he interviews NFL players and does, like, sit-downs, like, deeper dive stuff. When I think you think good. about RG3, he was recently in the NFL, so he's got that connection. Like, he knows those players. He's been around a lot of those players. Like, he's been away from college football for, what, nine years now? Ten years? It's, it's, I think it's more than that. But also, the he's, he, he's one of those players that's not good at explaining it because he was just good. He can explain the NFL because he struggled and got injured and he and he like that jump from college to the NFL is different. He can't explain college. He just won the R better than everybody. Like the, it's just he, and he's he's hard. he tries too hard to relate, and that is my biggest problem. I, if he was just himself, 
just the cor- we all know he's corny just like the corny like dad joke like weird RG3 a little too corny it sometimes fine he tries too hard to be the cool kid though and like use all the pop culture references and like make all the little jokes in every single moment and that is annoying like every other word of him is like a rap lyric or a movie lyric or something yeah, like that that is true and it's so inauthentic and it's just like if you were just you you would probably be pretty decent at this because you're really smart but you suck because you're not yourself you're trying to be cool and we don't need that you're trying to be a commentator you're, you just be rg3 yeah, like, and i think like, that's a big issue like and i feel like dan orlovsky just sucks i don't know i just can never take that guy seriously every time i see him pop on the screen i see him running out of the back of the end zone i like dan orlovsky's breakdowns like when he's like talking about film that's fine when he gives his opinion iffy but i know a lot of people don't like gus johnson but the reason why i like him is he's himself no matter what and he's slightly annoying but he's his annoying self all the time he's very excitable but that's interesting like i'm excited too like when a good play happens i'm in my house like oh shit that's crazy and he's doing the same thing except he's not cussing like like, I get Johnson. I really think I've just I don't like Joel Clad anymore as an announcer. I stopped I started liking him less and less when he started posting his podcast videos. Like nobody cares about your opinion, bro. Like we just wanted you on the game. Like and you're that's doing the worst part is, now. <laughs> I feel like once he started the Joel Clatt show, he literally made the big noon kickoff broadcast his Joel Clatt show for three hours. <laughs> it's like yeah. Th- that's like fair. call the game. Call all the game like <laughs> Gus like don't get me wrong like I like Fowler more than Gus Johnson because I, I I think I just like that more traditional like this is college football and we're here like right. you know the the Vern Lundquist the uh Chris Jackson like those or Keith Jackson um those voices um Gus like you know at noon if it's not an Ohio State game I can really get behind Gus Johnson I don't know there's just something about him calling Ohio State games where I'm just like Dude, you're stressing me out. I mean, some Relax. of my best Ohio State game memories are Gus Johnson. <laughs> yeah, I love cool. Like, come on now. Like, the, like, like, I will say, I love like, Gus Johnson when Ohio State's playing Penn State or Ohio State's <laughs> playing Michigan State. Like when they're when he, they're playing like the less like when they're playing Nebraska. I like I love Gus Johnson for those because I'm going to need to stay yeah. engaged. So that's like, going to be. What do you say? He's like hurt my feelings. Like he's just funny. Like I think, I like it's so corny. It's funny, yeah. and I like like most of the time he gets excited. I'm also excited, so it just feels like a, it feels like Gus Johnson feels like if they actually listen to us and let me and you do it, and we just couldn't contain our contain our excitement for like good things. And I like that much more than like the clinical like I need to tell you like I don't care about that. Like be excited. Like something good happened. Like it's not the NFL. I don't need you to tell me what a five yard out is. Like I like yeah. I can watch it. Like be entertained. <laughs> like like you, you just brought the NFL up and we'll, we'll close this up this is a good final thought um, like Tony Romo when everyone's like yeah he's calling out plays he was just in that offense like six weeks ago like <laughs> now he sucks like oh yeah the bit's over yeah like, when it comes to actual con- like Greg Olson's great because Greg Olson 
talks about what goes on. He talks about what's happening on the field. Um, he works well with Kevin Burkhardt. He's not necessarily the most popular name you're going to get in the booth, but if you actually want a good broadcaster for your he's, main game, he's legitimate. He's good. Which is why it's terrible that uh, they're talking about replacing him with Tom Brady because I don't think Tom Brady would be good. I saw Tom Brady on Peyton Manning's show. He's a He's a – Sack of rice, like he's so boring. Peyton Manning is funny, and like the most like monotone way. Like Peyton Manning is actually like really good at his job. Tom Brady is boring. I don't want to hear Tom Brady talk about anything. Oh, yeah, you don't you don't win the way he wins without being boring. And like Peyton is boring in a lot of ways, but like he knows how to talk to people. It's like it's like the I don't know. It's like like Peyton is essentially football royalty. So like at a really young age, he learned how to like smooth and like talk to people. So even though he's like really boring because he's trying to be great, he still has that skill of like being like the fourteen year old son of an NFL quarterback who was like royalty in Tennessee, whose brother was really good. So like he was always in front of like cameras. Like he has that. Eli does. Because Eli was the youngest, and like nobody was talking to Eli, so Eli's terrible. Yeah, Eli, Eli just got a vibe. <laughs> Eli literally is just living on vibes. Yeah. It's incredible. But like, I think my last thought on all of this is none of them are great. Nobody's perfect, but I like the people who I think and can tell that they're being authentic. Pat McAfee's not great, but I like him when he's on ESPN because he's himself and he tells interesting stories because he has a really interesting life. Gus Johnson is himself. Josh Perry is himself. Like I like those people. The people who like find a bit and like try to find something that works and like try to be cool. Like it's boring. It's just I don't want I don't want it. And you can you can sense that you're trying too hard and I really don't need that in my ear when I'm trying to watch the game yeah I could agree with that um, most of the time it's better just to not listen to them honestly I honestly listen to commentators just to hate on what they're saying I do I, I definitely get some tweets and like come like, on now like what <laughs> who is it Brock Heward the second Fox guy like he might be a bag of rocks for all I know in his brain <laughs> But, man, it's fun to make fun of what he's saying because a lot of the time it's wrong. Um, yeah. But, yeah. The second Fox team is terrible, but I think the third Fox team is, like, really good. There's, like, a random Fox team, and I couldn't even tell you who's on. There's, like, a random Fox team that I always enjoy their games, but it's always, like, sicko games. Like, why the hell am I Whoever watching Whoever it is on FS1 with Bruce Feldman, that's a good crew. Yeah. that Whatever. whatever I think that's what I'm talking about. Bruce is, yeah, but, like... But like, he's not the crew. He's on yeah. the crew. He's not the crew. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever that is, I like them. But yeah, final thought. Tweet us your favorite announcer and broadcast team. You guys follow me at Chris Rennie CFB. You can follow the show at Buck Off Pod. Jordan, where can we find you at? You can find me at Jordan W330. Tweet at me how much you hate RG3. Don't do that. He's a yeah. good person. He's just annoying. <laughs> Who is your least favorite announcer, guys? Let us know. Yeah. But be and nice. leave a five-star review with yeah. your least favorite announcer. That would be the best. That, that means we know you listen to the hour for you. That means we know you're committed to the show. Yeah. Five-star review on Apple Podcast. Um, but, yeah, that's all we got today. We'll see you guys next week. Go books.